Hey, this is Barbara Corker, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. Everyone wants to reach their full potential, right? Of course. And today I'm talking to two callers who need a little push in the right direction. I'm also addressing how to get funding for your business, how to market your business online, and where the heck do you find your new customers? Listen in. Hi, Barbara. My name is Leslie Bone with The Sweeter Seat here in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. I've got three women on my team. We started a small business last year. My most important question for you is how to help prioritize when taking a business from a side hustle and a hobby into a working, fully functional business. Right at the edge, we want to move forward. I hope to hear from you. Thanks. So we'll start with Leslie. Just for the people, I looked at your website really quickly, took a peek before I got on here. Um, Sweeter Seat, tell me what the business is. Um, We came up with this about a year ago. Um, I have two other business partners, um, Jenny Ratliff and and Joya DeBartolomeo, and um, they are small mini towels that you can put in your bag on the go. Um, You can use them on a bar seat, bleacher, gym, tanning bed, um, picnic bench, anything where you might want to keep your clothes clean and your legs not sticking or burning in your seat. They look like they were made out of terry cloth. Is that what they're made of? Uh, they're all 100% cotton. We haven't used terry cloth. Um, you know, they're great for, for towels when you're, say, drying yourself off. But even a, a small terry cloth towel can leave a pill mark, you know, on the back of your legs, which is one of the things we try to avoid. But they're all cotton. Oh, so they look like they're comfortable. And only a year and you have three partners. I find it hard to believe that a year-old business would have enough work to even part-time uh, use up the time of three partners. When I started this idea, I knew that I couldn't do it by myself. They are handmade, and so they are a little bit time-consuming to make. And I, I have met two girls. Uh, one was a friend of mine from Chicago when I lived there. Um, the other is a, a local here to Hilton Head, which most are not. And they both knew how to sew. So I, we started together from the beginning. Okay, so they're really your production team. They yes. produce your product, yeah. And how long does it take you to make one? They're very small. They look like they're about 12 by 12, roughly, in size. Um, they go from about 18 by 18 up to 18 by 24. Uh, I actually have a request for one much larger for a lady for her service dog. So when her service dog is lying on the ground, it's not really on the ground. Oh, I see. Um, but they, I can I can make one in maybe 10 minutes um, if the fabric's cut. Mm-hmm. Um, if I need to spend more time sitting on my floor cutting my fabric and getting everything prepared that I need, it can take longer. But um, a handmade item, you know, it's time consuming. But that's what makes it the value and part of our story is that we want you to have something that we made um, that you want to take with you everywhere you go. And do you offer them? I didn't take a deep dive on your website, but do you offer them in colors and different sizes or is it one product, one color? Um, We pretty much can make any pattern. Um, If there's something that that we don't have on our website that you're interested in, maybe you like flamingos. I I made one for a lady. She liked pigs. So I found her fabric with pigs on it. but they are different sizes. Everyone's peaches, aka your behind, uh, is a different size. So we do make different sizes um, depending on how much coverage you would like. 
do you have any that are stretchable so that if let's say a lady's kind of on the thin side and she's put on about 20 pounds she just stretches that sucker out something like i that. wish i wish um there's probably a way to do that but we haven't gotten into that yet maybe she needs just like our skinny jeans and our bigger jeans one for each size of depending on you know where we are in our lives okay so you're really using the other two women uh to produce your custom-made product custom-made is always a more difficult uh business to make a lot of money on simply because of the time involved how much right. are you selling each towel for um we sell them for 22 to 25. um some of that just depends on the amount of uh, or the, the cost of the fabric itself um there's cheaper 100 cotton and there's more expensive 100 cotton so um the girls and i pick out patterns that might be popular um they put their influence for their ideas for social media and things like that so even though they produce they do we're all kind of in this together if we don't all succeed together then we're not going to succeed period so um and how but, many views do you have like for example on your website how many different patterns do you offer um right now currently there's probably maybe 30. some of it is seasonal um some of it's more um if we are in the spring and summer things with palm trees and, and beach umbrellas sell better and then in the winter time people might you know football um holiday colors things like that but like i said if, if you have something that you'd like to us to find we'll find it for you and we'll make it yeah so let's say i call in i say i love the new york nets what would you mm -hmm. do you get basketballs you wouldn't get new york nets logos and things like that right they are um that is copyrighted. Um, we could do team colors. So um, I am from Fort Worth, Texas, and Texas Christian University is purple and, and white. So might do one with purple and white with footballs on it um, or basketball for the ribbon. So we we can kind of work around those kind of things. So the more I'm talking to you, the more I'm thinking that your sales are substantial for a one-year-old business. What are your sales? Uh, we've sold about 500 units in our first year that means we made that many that's a lot of time in our um basements we'll call it uh sewing um i don't know what that is in a grand scale you know if you, you go to some of these local markets and might be selling candles and that lady you know every person has a bag with a candle in it maybe not everyone has a bag with a sweeter seat in it because not many people know what it is it's a hard it is a hand sell item when you say hand sell it how do you hand sell it you demonstrate. I just listened to one of your podcasts. Um, I have to look at it. It was number 140 off the ground. You talked to the lady about the credit card um, oh, organizer yes. Yes, about yes. keeping them in her purse. Um, I have a, well, we all do. We have a clear backpack. And so we take them out with us. So if someone says, what is that? Wow. This is what it is. Or if I'm sitting on one or, or my partners are sitting on one, people tend to ask, what is that? Where did you get it? Mm. But our biggest challenge is, is if you don't know a small towel that rolls up that goes in your bag exists how do you find it online i think finding it online is a tall issue and it would cost you a lot of money to position yourself there i think mm -hmm. what you've discovered on how people are finding it now is really smart i just wonder if beyond the three people even if you don't use uh everyone for pro producing them i just wonder if you could get a lot of disciples out there and give away your uh, see-through pack, your backpack with all the samples in it. Right. You almost get, uh, you know, an army of uh, Mary Kay ladies out there yeah. selling for you, you know? Yeah. Um, had you thought about that to expand sales? Do you think that would be feasible if you get followers to start really uh, walking around and demonstrating all year round? It seems like it's a, it's a, it sounds to me like a practical and inexpensive way 
of making sales? Is there enough profit in each one that you sell? What do you what do you think the profit is if you if you assign a cost to the labor, which a lot of entrepreneurs tend not to do, but that's certainly worth something. Right. Mm -hmm. We have not assigned a cost to our labor yet for ourselves. Um, anything that we make either usually goes back in the bank to um, uh, we, we do pay ourselves af, out of what we make, but so it's how enough for the three of us. How much, have you, how much have you taken out of the business for the three of you in the last year, the first 12 months? We get cash sales and we get um, credit card, you know, Venmo, PayPal sales. So when we get cash sales, we, you know, divvy that up as per our, our contract of our percentages. Mm -hmm. um, but we haven't made enough yet, I don't think, to position. And that was part of my question um, online. It was about this, you know, side hustle hobby versus business. What are some yeah. of those key steps that you need to do to go, all right, so that we can pay ourselves? a significant amount of money or, you know, more than what we have been. I think Where do those priorities line up? I think the key tripwire with people who are moonlighting and want to do something full-time is when you reach a point in time where you can't possibly uh, make the inventory that's being ordered. You can't possibly keep up with it, even if you stay up every night till two in the morning around your full-time sure. job. Are you at that point now where the sales are just, I bet not where this running off the shelves where you can't keep up with sales, right? No, we're, we're not there yet. Um, back to the people having a hard time finding us online. Our online sales are very, very, very small. Most of it's word of mouth. Someone took one back to Connecticut that they got while visiting in Hilton Head and then their friend wants one, et cetera, et cetera. So we do have orders and requests, but um, we're not, if people start finding us, then we would have an issue with keeping up with inventory. If, if they knew how to find a sweeter seat, you, if you want to find a vanilla candle, you search vanilla candle, you know, you can find it, but um, that's our biggest challenge right now. I think it's a big challenge that you're not going to overcome. I think people will find you online when someone recommends you. Oh, where's mm -hmm. that? How do I get it? All right. Um, do you have a tag on your merchandise or do you have your, uh, your, your website name mm -hmm. stitched into your product? Um, our, we do have a logo. It's the same logo that's behind me that is on our, um, the actual tag, like a fabric tag that would be in the back of your shirt. And then we have a paper hanging tag on the, um, that we safety pinned each one and the back tells our story and then how to find us. How about sweeter seat? Is that brand name stitched into your material itself? Or is that just on a paper tag? It's on a fabric tag oh, that good. we sew in with the ribbon that binds them back together. Once you roll them up, there's a stretchy ribbon and then we have our, our name in our tag. So someone else made one without the tag, then it didn't come from us. Yeah. The fabric tag. Uh, Leslie, I think you're doing everything right. I just don't think you're doing enough of it. Uh, as I started to say, um, I think hoping people to find you online by mm -hmm. doing searches is not going to happen unless it's a recommendation from someone. I right. think you're much better off if you want to expand your business and get to the point where you can't possibly keep up with it and have to quit your day job. Or one of you have to quit. Yeah. I think what you want to do is you want to create a team of disciples. And I think the best place to start is with your customer. Uh, maybe what you should do is follow a customer up with a brief email saying, would you like to sell our towels too? We'll send you a starter kit, blah, blah, blah. Sure. And you mm -hmm. might be able to charge for that starter kit. You know, I think initially yeah. you give away a few for free. Honestly, I think that's a better way. Uh, but say you'll just, you know, you put people's orders and keep using your towels in public places when you take your kids to school. You can you can maybe list a whole bunch of like 
40 things that typical, uh, I'm seeing it's a woman sale. Maybe guys will sell it too, but I doubt it. I don't think they're too worried about their tush on chairs and stuff. <laughs> but what- I have bought them, but it's, it's more for, um, just for novelty's sake, I think for some, but guys, men have used them in their golf carts and on their motorcycles and things like that, but they're not going to remember to take them every time like a woman would in her purse or gym bag or tote. Yeah, it's funny. It's about the same size as a typical piece of cloth that men use and women use to uh, clean the head of their uh, long driver. You know, I said, yeah, so exactly. Right. Need, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. but, all right. That not being said, I do think you have to build a team of salespeople and your customers are the place to start. That would grow your sales exponentially and very quickly. Uh, but again, I would not quit the job until you're bursting out the seam. I've seen more people quit their job early only to find that business diminishes because they have more time on their hand. Most people perform better under pressure when they don't yeah. have enough time. They're jamming it in, jamming it in. Uh, are both of your partners as interested in your work as you are? I think so. Um, we all three uh, bartend. I've, I've spent my, my whole career in the called alcohol industry. I worked for a liquor distributor for um, about 10 years. And um, being at the bars, you are sitting on seats and, you know, we've all sat and realized that we needed to come up with something and, but they have their other jobs as well. So will I push forward as hard as I need to? Yes. I'm, I'm hoping that they come along this journey with me as far, but we are three, you know, separate lives. And, and that is part of a partnership is, is everybody gung ho. Um, to make it you know as, as good as it can be yeah okay um i just want to make one other suggestion that i could somehow picture it working well i think mm -hmm. if you have a favorite team who's your favorite team which um i am a dallas cowboy and an old miss rebel <laughs> okay so i would think you could uh, sit outside the parking lot on the dallas cowboy uh days because you have a novel product with their colors maybe a football sure. on or whatever you're the creator there and i could think you would sell 500 of them in a day. I've had people say you should go sell them at stadiums. And then I think about, okay, that's how many we would have to make to even make it through a part of one day at one game. But if you prepare, prepare it ahead of time, I think. Absolutely. Especially for the, uh, especially for the spring, spring sports season, you have a lot of time, but even that I would hire extra help to get that project off the ground because extra yeah. new initiatives and in small businesses are sometimes too slow out of the gate. Mm -hmm. you know, surely you could train some high school kids in your area to just set yeah. them up. You know, you could put a team of high school kids together. Well, I'm not worried about you. You just need more sales. And I think you've discovered for yourself the method with which to get sales, but you haven't learned the important lesson of multiplying out on yourself. Can I ask you one more question? Why not? Um, I've had a suggestion um, in Hilton Head here. There's a lot of retired um, personnel, men I and women. Nothing about older people. Go ahead. <laughs> and um, I've had many people suggest with all the retirement communities that are within, you know, 30 mm. minutes of me, what about if we did need more product and we did need more um, manpower, mm -hmm. having some women in the community that maybe used to sew or were seamstresses or used to make kids, you know, clothing for the grandkids, Great idea. having that opportunity to see if they would be interested in doing that. But then where do you risk quality of what, how the three of us know we would make it? I think that's easily done. I think it, let's assume you go to a retirement home and you make your mm -hmm. wishes known that you're looking for some experienced seamstress sure. in some regard. Um, you give them one to make. And it, I just don't think you can commit until you see the quality of the work. You'll probably yeah. get four people to get one good one, you know, because that's usually how it works out. Sure. But you, you need a test just like you would test a young person.
because you don't want to get stuck with a bunch of clunkers who can't sew when mm -hmm. the lines are crooked. And then how do you tell right. them they're too old to make your products? That would be sad, right? Yeah. yeah. I like the high school kids better in a way, somehow. I think maybe they'll learn a, learn a trade. Motivate. <laughs> they probably work faster, but you could try both. Do a little experiment on both and see how you do. You know, but the idea is to multiply out on yourselves. You, it feels, yeah, you have three people. You think, wow, I got a lot of people here working. We got a team, but not when you're hand making stuff. It's very small. Yeah. It's a little cottage industry. So if you want a bigger business, you got to multiply out on your staff. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. Ciao, ciao. Hi, Barbara. This is Allison from Charlottesville, Virginia. I have been running my own business for a few years now, and it's going really well. And I would really like to grow it a little bit faster. It would be nice to have some money to do that with. And I know that you say it's never a good time to borrow money. And I don't want to go to the bank, but I've been considering a few other options. One option would be these new equity crowdfunding platforms and maybe doing a revenue share even with my customers who I think would support my business if I asked. Or even my mom is offering to give me a loan out of her retirement so that I don't have to give up any equity in the company. I'm wondering what your thoughts would be on this. Thank you. A few questions, mostly around funding. Mm -hmm. uh, let's take your mom first. If you can't pay her back, because uh, that's a great source of money that most young entrepreneurs use. They ask their mom and dad or, or their rich aunt or something like that. But what if you couldn't pay her back? Yeah, so that's pretty much my main concern and why I haven't taken her up on it yet, because, um, you know, she's definitely, she's not rich and it, what she's offering me would be a decent chunk out of what she's got. Uh -huh. um, I know that she percent of her retirement fund or 10% or what, when you say decent chunk. Yeah, probably more than five, but less than 10%. Uh, you know, that's not so bad. Okay. I didn't say that. Yeah. It makes me nervous. Um, mostly because I don't want to let her down. Um, but it's attractive because I, it was, the, it's the best deal out yeah. there. And how much money is involved? How much money do you need? So I'm looking for between 75 and $100,000. Yeah. You know what? Uh, well, on first blush, I would hit my mom for it. Okay. You know, but you just have to ask yourself really, and this is important because I was offered money my whole life from various people growing my own business. And I didn't take it usually because I wasn't sure I could pay it back. And that's a scary thought. It would like make me too scared, nervous, and make me think I wasn't a good person. Yeah. What, what if you ask your mom, hey, mom, what if I can't pay you back the uh, 75000 Yes. How are you her, answer, her answer is to take it out of the inheritance. So. Oh, <laughs> definitely take the money. There's an inheritance too. This gets better as you go. Well, it can't possibly be much if she's, if it's just the retirement account. So I don't know if that answer is legitimate from her. It just seems like she's trying to pacify me, but um, you yeah, you know, a little more like a business lady, you could question her with hard facts. <laughs> I should, I probably should. You're right. But maybe that is the retirement fund and she's just trying to make you feel more comfortable, but you could certainly question her more. Another yeah. option is you could get a small business loan, an SBA loan and personally guarantee it. You know, that is available mm -hmm. and they are quite liberal. 
okay. in, in recent, uh, the last two quarters, I feel like it's much easier to get SBA money. I don't know why. Okay. That's my sense of it, watching my own entrepreneurs. Have you looked into that? I haven't yet, just because um, I feel like it's so difficult to get a loan from a bank. Traditionally, I haven't looked yes, into SBA. Right. Yeah, SBA, you know why the SBA loans are easier? Because the government guarantees that if the bank loses the money, they'll, re, re, uh, they'll pay the bank 75% of the loss. Okay. So think about that. They took most of the risk off the table, and that's why banks are friendlier with SBA loans. That makes it takes sense. three or four months to process, pain in the ass. It's a, it's a federal government, but it's yeah. worth looking into unless you're in an awful big rush. No, I'm not in an awful big rush. And I, I, you know, the paperwork and the headache is another thing that has kept me from starting the process because I can't even imagine having time to do all the paperwork that they're going to want me to do. No, of course you will. It's going to be about uh, two, two and a half hours of paperwork. Of course you can make the time. Okay. Put the day aside, get the paperwork and do it the next day and get it in. They'll probably come back and ask for a few more things. Not a big deal. I mean, unless you want to, of course, go to mom, who's not going to require any paperwork, which is also plus. Right. <laughs> um, about the crowdfunding with a revenue share, I just happen to think that's not the best idea. Especially, not, There's nothing wrong with crowdfunding if you have a marketable idea. I'm going to ask you that in a minute. Uh, but so far as revenue sharing, it's complicated. You know, it's like an investment banker mentality. Was that your background? Your investment banker? Were you any, in anything fancy? Feels a little fancy for me. Yeah, no, it feels fancy for me too. And I think that's part of what's keeping me away from that. I, um, I have an agricultural background, so investment banking is almost the opposite of what I'm used to. But uh, the I met um, a fellow that works for uh, one of the one of the big um, equity crowdfunding websites, and he sort of assured me that it was going to work, of course, and made me, made me feel maybe. Yeah, very comfortable. Well, that's good, but did he also recommend with revenue sharing? He was recommending selling equity. Oh, okay, let me ask you a few more questions on that then. Perhaps I don't understand. Um, what is your business? What would you be selling? What's, give me your pitch on if it was a crowdfunding site. What's your pitch? Yeah, so Siller Pollinator Company helps people help pollinators. So that can look like anything. Um, primarily, it's a service, that, you know, providing services to folks in the Central Virginia area. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we do also have one nationwide service, which is Adopt-A-Hive. So folks can pitch in a couple of bucks and learn more about beekeeping from anywhere in the world, basically. Um, and... Um, that adoption goes towards me supporting a beehive at a local nonprofit. But primarily I provide services for large farms and estates in the central Virginia area. So they have their gardener, they have their, their pool person, they have their house cleaner, and then I'm their beekeeper. I see. So I take care of hives on, on large farms. That's the primary source of revenue. Um, but I'm looking at sort of, bringing in, maybe pivoting a little bit, bringing in different aspects into the business because unless I can clone myself, I kind of see a cap on the growth of that. Just and because- why, why couldn't you clone yourself? Because every business has a cap when you're working through one individual versus a hundred. Why couldn't you clone yourself? So it's really hard to find folks that are willing to eat, sleep, bleed, taking care of the clients and taking care of the bees. 
working for, you know, I probably pay myself when you get down to $15 an hour right now. Um, I have some staff, of course, I'm paying them almost double that. Um, but welcome to entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah. It comes last when it comes to payroll. Yeah. And it should be that way because I'm investing myself into growing something that's mine. Uh -huh. um, but it's also a pretty steep learning curve beekeeping and there's a lot of training and I've been doing it for 12 years and I still learn every day. Uh -huh. And it's, it, you know, I can either get experienced beekeepers who I almost have to unteach and pay them more, or I can get a complete beginner who I have to invest an unbelievable amount of time into. Meanwhile, the business is growing by at least 250% every year, and I'm just going completely sleepless to get it all done. And I'm, I'm feeling like there's other opportunities for this business that might bring in more consistent cash flow, better profit margins, um, not such a steep training curve um, that I could maybe find a more general manager type of person that doesn't need such a specific skill set. Yeah, but it sounds like you're thinking perhaps the way to cure your current problem is to switch to a totally different <laughs> model or almost a different business, a related but a different business. Is that where your head is? What yeah, or, or more like an add-on, an add-in, just sort of an expansion of services. So one of the things I'm considering specifically would be retailing beekeeping supplies, for instance. Mm. So it would make the beekeeping services side of the business much more profitable because it would decrease my expenses a good deal. And it would also bring in a more consistent cash flow with potentially higher profit margins because it's not so time, geography, and labor-based. And I could hire almost anyone that can read an order, pack a box, and ship it uh -huh. to help me manage now, that. Allison, um, it's amazing. Uh, you impressed me so much. You've got a great business head. Uh, your feet are so firmly on the ground. You're such a clear thinker. Um, you have an embarrassment of riches that are your problems, <laughs> not bad problems. Thank you. Uh, you know, 250% growth or demand. Uh, the bee industry is in trouble. Um, you got a guy telling you that uh, you could do a crowdfunding site. And as I heard more about you, do you only, by the way, do you only title Adopt a Bee? Ad Adopt a Hive, I think you said. I do not. not. I do somebody not. Else, does somebody else have it as a trademark? I'm not sure. I haven't looked into it. Well, that's the first thing you ought to do and control it. It's a great title. Okay. If you, if you use Adopt a Hive and do it properly, I think the crowdfunding platform is going to get uh, you riches faster and a lot more than you're expecting. I think it's a natural because it's a do-gooder. It's in fashion. Uh, who doesn't want to save a hive? But I also think that title is a winner. You want to have that winner title, Adopt a Hive, or something close to it. I can't even think of anything that might even be as good or near it. Okay, so I think the, this is a lot you're throwing out here, but let me try to put it in little boxes the way my mind thinks, okay? I think so far as expanding your business and cloning yourself, I'm sure uh, that would be difficult. Uh, but I generally find that most capable entrepreneurs think it's impossible and they're dead wrong on it. 
Okay. I think you ought to think about what if I did have to clone myself? What I used to do, it sounds weird when I was building a business is what happens if I have a baby, start a family? How will this whole shit work without me? And I picture it without me. And I used to think I did everything better than everybody else. I was pretty cocky, you know, but you want to know it forced me to make sure I replicated myself as best as I could in every single department, every function. And uh, what I used to do that is always hire raw material. I tried hiring people that were experienced. You are exactly right. I had to retrain, get rid of old habits, attitudes. I finally found my peeps and they were naive, they were enthusiastic, they were open-minded, but I had to build a program that I could teach, sell, and build all at once. And the teaching was enormously time-consuming. Yes. And so I created a system. And the system I had wouldn't work for you because mine was a recruiting system to get people in. I had career nights and I had a whole routine of gimmicks that I used to shovel people in and then choose the good people out of the mess. You know, you could figure your own routine. You got the brain power to do it. Just decide you're going to do it. How am I going to get a lot of people in here so that I could choose the best and leave the rest? I would think something along the lines of an apprentice program, because there's a natural fascination with bees. Even the idea you could get stung is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so there's such a natural fascination. You've got the raw material of attracting. And with that in hand, plus the demand going up, filling in that blank with the people should really be easy work for you if you really put your brain to it. I okay. got to believe you come up with a few ideas, right? All I don't right. know how, because I don't know your feel, like where people hang, what they do, when they get mm -hmm. interested, how do they get started, what supplies are you, but you know all that. So you could chunk it down and figure that all out. I have no doubt at all, okay? So far as the Adopt-A-Hive, I would pay attention to that guy as fast as I could. And I could be dead wrong about uh, doing a revenue share. I would think that would be too complicated. But why don't you go back and talk to the guy again and listen carefully how that would work. Maybe it right. would work. I don't really know. But yeah. you should definitely try raising your funding there. Leave your mother out. I would say that as a fallback step, you know, mm -hmm. do it that way. I can't see what that cause part of it. You know, the best crowdfunding sites are the ones that have causes. Yes. Yeah. People want to feel good about what they're putting money in, not just put money in and get a product, you know? Right. Also love your idea of the uh, product extension, uh, you know, keep uh, selling the supplies. But that also is time consuming. It's almost like you have to assign somebody to it to get it off the ground and get it running. And then you edit it and approve it versus another whole thing you got to make time for. You know, how do you source it? Da, da, da. That's a big project. And maybe for next year, not this year. Right. But I would make your biggest enemy right now is you don't have more of you. Yes. Yeah. And if, you know, if I could, like you're saying, I really love the idea of bringing in several people because I can stick three people in my truck. Let's go. We're all going to go learn together. You're all getting trained at the same time. Wow. I'm going to, you know, bring you all up to speed. But then again, now we need to talk money because you if can, I'm going to have, have to pay people for that, I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to pay them. You could work with a work study program in your local high school. Okay. Say so you could only take on uh, three people a semester and then increase it to six people. A Make it a work study program for credit. Mm -hmm. Go and talk to a couple of science teachers directly. Okay. Or, you know, I'm sure there's a way. I mean, I would yeah. love my kid to be in your truck. <laughs> well, that's a real compliment. Thank you. Yeah. And you want to know one last thing and then I'll let you go. You look and talk the part. 
you're like the real deal. People are going to respond well to you. You're going to be like their favorite professor in every way. And I don't think you have to be beyond 16 to know what you're doing. I think you just have to have the heart of someone that's a hundred, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of it too, because the clients are looking for me. They are. So, they want you. I, I need want to hire you and I don't even care about that, <laughs> honestly, but now all of a sudden I'm caring. <laughs> well, thank you. Fails, you could go into the decorating business. Your room is beautiful. Well, thanks. Okay. But send me that lamp, will you? <laughs> I will. <laughs> I am just kidding you, just in case you're thinking of sending it. Okay. All right. Thanks. I'll look for great things from you. I appreciate it. for you to fail. Thank you. That means a lot. I appreciate your call. You got it down. You got it down. Okay. Bye-bye, Allison. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you. And that's all we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual Hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.